Welcome to Struggleberry Crunch, the best podcast to explore the flavor of your struggle. With your host, Terriana. Hello, Struggleberries. Welcome to another episode of Struggleberry Crunch. If you are new here, my name is Terriana, and I am so grateful you are here. The only thing I ask from you during this episode and in all of my episodes is to come as you are, be yourself. The purpose of this podcast is to have a safe and uplifting space to talk about real adult struggles. No matter what you're struggling with, you are welcome here. And speaking of struggles, today we are going to talk about therapy. That's a struggle in itself. But first, To set the vibe of this episode, here's a quote. I call my therapist every other day. It's not a one-stop shop. You have to push away all that negativity in your head, face it, name it, let it go. Fergie. According to Forbes 2021, in a recent article, one in five people will be affected by mental health over the course of their lifetime. However, regarding that same article, some Americans still see therapy as a sign of weakness. Needless to say, that is one of the biggest misconceptions surrounding mental health. Nowadays, if you're seeking professional help, it can also be viewed as a sign of resourcefulness. From relationships to self-doubt to life transitions, the typical therapy client struggles with several of the same issues that everyone struggles with on a daily basis. So why is there still a stigma surrounding therapy? 2021 marks the 10-year anniversary of my therapy journey. Yes, you heard right. I am 27 years old and I have been on this journey for 10 plus years. After over six therapists, three states, and life-changing perspectives, I have been led to this notion. Therapy requires time, patience, and effort. It's been a consistent dance of who I think I am and who I actually am. And although it's given me many tools and skills to help me navigate this thing called life, it took me 10 years to come to this conclusion. Therapy is not meant to fix me to make other people feel comfortable. Therapy is a way to heal me so I can feel comfortable with other people. The human experience is complicated. I mean, we come into this world as wild animals, naked and afraid. From day one, we are being domesticated and groomed so we can eventually be normalized into this imperfect society. But what is normal? Today, I want to be super emotionally present. I'm going to speak freely and intentionally. Remember, it's okay to laugh, cry, or even get upset at things you find relatable in this episode. To be clear, my intention is not to give you advice or even preach to you on how to deal with your struggles. My intention is to share my journey, struggles, and experiences with you to hopefully inspire you to do it with others. This episode will cover my first introduction to therapy, therapy in high school, therapy in college, therapy during my quarter-life crisis, and of course, the current flavor of my struggle with therapy. Disclaimer. I am not a therapist or licensed professional. This podcast and or its episodes, bonus clips, and content is not meant to replace licensed professional help. 
please seek professional help if needed. First, introduction to therapy. The Cleveland Clinic 2021 states, at times, what appears like a general childhood challenge can sometimes evolve into a serious case. I was first introduced to therapy, or at least the idea of it, when I was seven years old. I remember it vividly because during my second grade year, I had a big problem with stealing. Every day before school, I would watch kids put candy, toys, and other kitty stuff in their backpacks in the morning, and I would take it by the afternoon. Yep, that's right. I was a certified little thief. But that all changed one day when I got busted for stealing $5 off my classmate's desk before I went home after school. A couple days after I got caught, I had to go meet with a lady that I saw in the hallways at times, but didn't know what she actually did. The lady called me in her office and asked me to shut the door behind me. The lady had a long, relaxing chair in her office and some of the latest, coolest toys that would probably make any kid spill their guts. I remember her warm smile, gentle voice, and how she had a way of making me feel safe. She introduced herself as a school counselor and that we were going to have a morning session. She asked me to grab a toy and come have a seat next to her. We talked about school, my family, my interests, and my thoughts and feelings. During our talk, I never really thought about it until she brought it up, but I realized that I was stealing because I was afraid to ask for what I wanted, so I decided to take it for my own. That was the earliest memory I have of someone helping me process my feelings and make meaning of it. It was incredible and very therapeutic. It was the first time I felt seen and confident in myself. This experience only lasted for two days. It was some of the best two days of my elementary school experience. I didn't know then, but two days wasn't enough. For the amount of trauma I was developing throughout elementary school and middle school, two days was just not enough. I didn't revisit my therapy journey again until my sophomore year in high school. Therapy in high school. High school wasn't a fun time for me. I definitely had some fun moments, but the overall experience was very vanilla. Check out my last episode, My Black Experience, for more details. I revisited the idea of therapy again at the age of 16. During that time, my hair was starting to fall out, I had little to no friends, and I was beginning to have a series of teenage meltdowns. This included, but was not limited to, randomly crying in class, skipping school, arguing with my teachers, and avoiding social interactions at all costs. The last straw was when I needed to be escorted out the girls' bathroom because I was getting anxious from the thought of going to class. Yep, true story. I didn't want to finish out my high school years this way. So I began to think, when was the last time I felt safe? When was the last time I felt heard? And of course, it was those two days back in elementary school when I talked to the school counselor. So I immediately made an appointment with the guidance counselor because it was time for positive change. I had the coolest guidance counselor in the world. He was very supportive in helping me determine what was the best options for me in my education and in my life. During my meeting, I told him that I needed therapy. To my surprise, he didn't question my motives. He just pulled out a permission slip and told me, this is the first step to many steps. I'm proud of you for choosing you. I had no clue what that meant. 
but I was ready to find out. It took a lot of effort to get that permission slip signed, and that's another story for another time. But once I did, it was all a go. The following week, I was assigned to group therapy. Group therapy is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of individuals and a small group talking about things they can relate to. Group therapy was an all-girl group. You know the phrase, you never know what someone's going through? Well, in group therapy, that was literally the theme of the hour. The stories I heard in group therapy made me blush, cry, and laugh all in one sometimes. However, I kind of felt out of place in group therapy. It was cool at first to come together and hear about other people's experiences, but I needed more one-on-one time to continue to learn how to process my feelings, like back in second grade. The next year, I tried therapy again, but this time, I went to see the school psychologist. It was a similar group therapy dynamic with similar girls from the last group. To be honest, all I remember is a school psychologist telling me to go to college, get a good degree, make a lot of money, and pay off all my debt. Like, voila, all your problems are gone. I'm not going to lie. This kind of turned me off the therapy for a while. Yay, public school therapy. Not. No guidance, no emotional support, and a hazy entrance into my senior year. The last year of high school, I was lost AF. I needed therapy more than ever. I didn't apply to any scholarships, hadn't applied to any colleges, and I had no hope for good mental health in my future. What was I going to do? Therapy in college. Therapy didn't make its way back into my mind until I transitioned from community college to university. During that time, I felt so overwhelmed with needing to have it all figured out before I entered my junior year of college. I spent so much time doing research on colleges and putting pressure on myself that I forgot to ask myself, do you even want to continue college? How are you doing mentally? Those questions were the furthest from my mind. At 20 years old, the only important goals I had was finding the love of my life, going to a well-known college, and doing both in the cheapest way possible. That's it. To my excitement, I had the choice between Creighton University and the University of Nebraska at Omaha, a.k.a. UNO. Both schools were great, and there are so many components that went into me making that decision. But the main thing that bothers me the most was that I was not ready to go to either. I ended up choosing UNO, pushed forward with my education, and somehow stumbled into therapy again. My years at university were stressful, long, and complicated. Most of the issues I was experiencing were not from the school itself, but from my own personal choices. Shout out to my past quick crumb, responsibility, who dis? I didn't like my major, and I was too prideful to change it. I didn't like Nebraska, but I was too afraid to move. And I definitely didn't like the guys I was dating, but my self-esteem was too fragile to face rejection. I was a hot mess. But at least I was hot. At least that's what I always told myself. I wasn't happy, and some days I didn't know how I was getting out of bed. I found out later towards the end of my junior year that my college offered therapy at a discounted rate for students. Once I found that out, I jumped on it right away. The therapy sessions were conducted by graduate students that were almost done with school. I really liked it because it was helpful, affordable, and in a safe, secluded area. My first therapist was warm and welcoming. 
She really listened to my concerns and introduced me to the idea of rational and irrational thoughts. After a couple sessions, all I could remember was crying and crying. It was hard to communicate my feelings because I had been holding them back for so long. Eventually, after four months, I saw noticeable progress with emotional control, but didn't last long once I was assigned a new therapist. For me personally, the only downfall with college therapy was that your assigned therapist, aka graduate student, only lasted four months. After that, you got assigned a new one. I didn't have a good connection with the next therapist I was assigned to, so I stopped going. With therapy, consistency is key. I wouldn't realize that until years after graduation. Therapy during my quarter-life crisis. A quarter-life crisis normally occurs in a person's 20s, a couple years out of school and feeling unsure about the direction of their life. During this time, many individuals question their accomplishments, have some regrets, and question the state of their future. Other people respond by rushing into several milestone-type goals in life, like getting married, moving out too soon, buying a new house, getting a real job, or even having kids. And let me tell you, If I wasn't in therapy during the early part of my quarter-life crisis, my life probably would have been more chaotic than it already was after graduating college. Between the ages of 22 to 24, I graduated college with no plan or idea of what I was going to do, fled Nebraska two weeks after graduation, moved to Houston, Texas, had my first adult meltdown, moved back from Texas after a week, found a job in California a year later, moved to California, wasn't making enough money, moved back to Nebraska, temporarily moved into a two-bedroom apartment with six people, had a second mental breakdown, found another therapist, and was determined to move back to California. At 24, after a consistent cycle of chaos, I was able to get two months of free therapy through my job at the time. While I was preparing to go back to California, I took the biggest step back and asked myself, what do I really want to get out of therapy this time? Am I ready to do the real work? This time, therapy wasn't just crying and feeling sorry for myself. This time, my main goal was to learn how to have healthy relationships. Not just romantic, but a relationship with my family, a relationship with work, and most importantly, a relationship with myself. This new therapist was one of the loveliest women I've ever met in my life. When she noticed that I was struggling with my past and allowing myself to feel she introduced me to EMDR. EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. According to EMDR.com, EMDR is a psychotherapy that helps some people heal from emotional distress as a result from disturbing life experiences. Those sessions really helped me at the time, but it was just the start, and I wasn't consistent. The next few years would be the most significant so far in my life. 24 to 26 was a blur. I remember chasing dreams that didn't make me happy, chasing relationships that left me broken, and selling my soul to jobs that could replace me at the drop of a hat. Sound familiar? This cycle was crazy. I tried to get out of it so many times for so many years, but it seemed like I kept failing each time. It wasn't until the pandemic hit in March 2020 when that all changed. No more excuses. I turned 26 at the end of March, and I finally had the time and the finances to invest in myself fully and intentionally. If you want to know what was the catalyst for this investment, check out my previous episode, Single as a Pringle. This was the most broken I had ever been in my entire life. 
It felt like I was on the edge of no return. This time, I wasn't playing any games. I was in lockdown, had no distractions, and was stuck with a bunch of traumas to unpack. This was the first time I looked into doing virtual therapy. I soon started therapy with BetterHelp and began my journey. The therapist I was assigned to was the best match for me to this day. She was straightforward and didn't sugarcoat the healing process. In our first session, she said to me, healing doesn't have a time frame. You might feel better in two months or you might feel better in a year. But I promise you, if you stay consistent with the work, the long-term benefits are priceless. The honesty and realness that she gave to me was just what I needed to see the process through, no matter what. After many journal entries and consistent sessions once a week, it took about six months before I felt a real noticeable change. But it was these two lessons that left the biggest impact and helped me through that time of need. The first lesson was about dysfunction. My therapist told me that dysfunction cannot persist if you do not play your part within it. And the second lesson was about grieving. She said, grieving is a way of letting go of the energy of something that doesn't serve you while creating a healthy relationship with the memory of the thing you're trying to let go. I worked with this therapist for about a year and a half, and it was one of the best decisions of my life. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for, what is the flavor of my struggle with therapy? Therapy is like a Tootsie Pop. You never know how many licks it will take to get to the center of your healing, growth, or pain. Therapy has given me my power back, and has allowed me to navigate my way out of a dark place and find the light again. If I were to reconsider going back to therapy, here's three things that I would constantly keep in my mind. Number one, finding a therapist is similar to dating. If you are not getting good vibes from the other person, they may not be the best option for you. And that's okay. Move on and find a better connection. Two, there are many options for affordable therapy. Nowadays, I refuse to let costs deter me from seeking the support, guidance, or help that I need. And three, most importantly, consistency is key. If I can't be consistent, it will be very hard for me to track and measure my improvement. I got this, and you got this. One thing in your life you will never regret is investing in yourself. A good life starts with good health. So Struggleberries, I'm curious, have you ever been to therapy? Are you considering going to therapy? How do you feel about therapy? I would love to hear from you, Struggleberries. If you have an idea for a future episode or would like to share how you have overcome a struggle, please contact StruggleberryCrunch at gmail.com. Remember, subscribe, share, and leave a comment if possible. Oh yeah, and help others. Be respectful, but be real. Respectfully real. Until we meet again, Struggleberries. Talk to you soon. Bye.